You're listening to The Blind, Stealing the Blinds, a podcast by students of the game for students of the game. Join Dell and BJ in conversations about poker theory and bridging the gap between theory and application. We're all in this together. This week's topic, why we play cash. Hey, Dell, how's it going this week? It's, uh, it's going funny right now to start with, to be honest with you, because I have to clap instead of snap. <laughs> I know. Every time I do that, you want to give context. I'll give the context. I cannot snap loudly, people. It, it, it doesn't come out loud. So uh, we start off by syncing ourselves with either snaps, or in this case, uh, I've been asked to clap because I can't snap loud enough. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Aside from snapping and clapping, how's life going? It's going okay. I'm really busy at work right now. I think I'm going to make some time to play some poker this week, though. One way or another, I'm going to fit it in, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. We are lining up some guests over the next couple of months that I'm excited about. I'm just going to tease it a little bit. We're not going to drop any names yet. And uh, yeah, I think things are going well. How about you? Life's pretty good. Last year, you might remember I caught the golf bug when I went golfing with my father over the summer. I ended up getting a golf membership, and I'm playing a lot more now that the weather's good. I played two rounds of golf just this past weekend, and I'm still dusting the cobwebs off, but I am amazed at how good I'm playing relative to what I thought I would be. The most recent round I played, I got two birdies on the front nine. If I get one birdie for an entire round, it's a fantastic day. I got two birdies within eight holes. And then I almost made two more birdies. They lipped out. I ended up getting easy pars. I haven't been playing that long since rejoining golf, and I shot 11 over par. That is amazing golf. Makes me want to play golf more, which unfortunately means I will have less time to spend playing poker, or I'm going to have to find some time to do both. And I'd rather spend time trying to do both. But I can't do everything, so I might need your help as a budding life coach to help me figure out what I want to do with my life. I, I want you to know I'm here for you. <laughs> well, there's a budding question that a lot of people wonder when they think about how to use their life. What do they want to spend their time doing? Do they want to spend time playing cash or do they want to spend time playing tournaments? And that's the topic of this week's episode. Yeah, I, I, this question's pretty much been around since the moneymaker boom when tournaments became a big thing. I mean, it's not that there wasn't tournaments before that, but they suddenly came in to like national limelight where everybody was excited to play tournaments. The thing is, the answer then and the answer now as to whether you should play tournaments or cash is still depends because it's going to be different for different people. I love that answer because as an economist by trade, my bachelor's degree is in economics, the answer to almost every economic question is it depends. So this is right up my alley. I'm looking forward to this. We always run everything through a problem, solution, and tools framework we have. And what is the problem here? No big problem, right? Just play tournaments or cash. The problem is, is figuring out which one you're going to do, which one you're going to focus on. I mean, because you can't always do both. But the reality is that they're different games, right? So you're going to want to choose one to focus on. And, you know, that doesn't mean you can't do the other, but one is going to take up more of your attention. And there's a lot of differences between cash play and tournament play, and we're going to go over them. We have six things that stand out to us. There's more than six differences, but these are six that stand out to us. The biggest thing with tournament play is you have the chance of life-changing money. You can definitely change your lifestyle with cash games. 
you can go up in stakes, but that change is going to be relatively slow. It's going to take some time to go from 1, 2, 1, 3, 2, 5, 5, 10 up the ranks to where you're playing for some serious cash. With tournament, you could play one tournament, maybe for free, get a satellite, win your seat in a bigger tournament, win that. Next thing you know, you're at a major event where you could win hundreds of thousands of dollars and change your life drastically. I don't know of any other way to do that and certainly no way in cash games. Maybe get a scratch off lotto ticket, maybe you'll win there, but that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely the big draw to tournaments, right? You can be struggling to pay the bills one day and the next day you can be able to afford a new house and, and a brand new car and, and to take the uh, spouse to any place they'd like to go. And some of it is just that notion of being able to travel on your poker winnings, right? So it's definitely very exciting. It's definitely a huge draw. And if that's why you want to play poker, then definitely tournaments is the way to go, right? If you want life-changing money, because life-changing money with cash, it can happen. And you mentioned it, but it's never going to be quick. It's going to be slow. Even the best players don't go from 1-2 to 100-200 overnight. It's a process. So that's definitely a big one. <laughs> Another difference is that for the amount of money you spend, tournaments can offer a lot more playing time. You know, if you got $500 in your pocket, sure, you could bust out in the first hand and you don't have much playing time that way. But the reality is you get a lot of buy-ins in most tournaments to begin with. And if you've got a $500 buy-in to a tournament, you usually can expect hours of being able to play in that tournament. Whereas $500 at a 2-5 game, that's only 100 big blinds and that can be lost in one hand. To relate the two of those together, the quick money, the life-changing money, and the initial outset. I have played my best two five games. I'm thinking best in terms of results, not in terms of process, so don't get me wrong there. I've played my most profitable two five games where I bought in for $1,000 and I cashed out for $5,000 over the course of, say, eight hours. I quintupled my money. That was like one of the biggest wins in my poker career last year. If I took a $500 or $1,000 buy-in, let's say $500, and I put that down in a tournament, even if I rebought, now I'm in for a thousand, I could win tens of thousands or hundreds of thousand dollars at the end of that. Compare that to the 5,000 that I won playing cash. So yeah, to marry those two up together, we talked about the life-changing money, but you also have a relatively small initial outset to begin with, which could help out if your bankroll doesn't allow you to plop down $2,000 a pop. It gets even better than that because there are some tournaments for $500, you can become a millionaire if you win it. There are not a lot of those tournaments, but there's a few of them, but they're there and that exists. So yeah, there is that huge, huge differential. Now, the third point that we want to bring up concerning tournaments versus cash game is almost the opposite of the previous one. Yes, you can buy in for relatively small amounts of money, but with a lot of tournaments, some of them might have one or two rebuys, but you're only in for a finite amount of money. Once you bust, you're done. Go home or go play cash. A lot of people do that. They will play cash before and or after a tournament. In a cash game, you can rebuy until you are broke. You can go back to the ATM until the ATM denies your transactions. And then maybe you take out a second card and use that and then withdraw until those transactions are denied. 
you have no limiting factor to how much you could lose in a cash game. Right. So look, there's a couple of things going on there, right? It's not all bad, right? I mean, part of it is if you have a skill edge, being able to rebuy in a cash game is a good thing, especially if you just busted to somebody who called you down and hit a two-outer on the river in a situation where they should have folded every street. You definitely want to be able to rebuy to capitalize on your skill edge against that player pool. So there's good parts to it and bad parts to it. If you're a person who's not very disciplined, you might be better off going with a tournament where you're going to spend a finite amount of money and that's it. You can't rebuy after a certain point. If you're somebody who has the discipline to understand when they have an advantage and when they don't, and are willing to walk away when they don't have an advantage and willing to rebuy when they do, then cash might be the way to go for you. So there's good and negative to that whole thing there where I can rebuy until I'm broke, but you can also rebuy because you have a skill advantage. That's a really interesting point because in your example, you mentioned losing a buy-in because you got sucked out on by a two-outer. Yes, there's variance. And if you have a skill advantage, you can overcome that variance with enough volume to get to the plus side, where in the long run, you will see your win rate match your true potential as a winning player. Tournaments have a higher degree of variance. And that's a difference in cash games. I mean, there's just so many more players in a tournament. And you may very well have to withstand 8, 10, 12 all-ins and get through almost all of them. Or if you don't get through all of them, you have to build back your stack. You know, you're going to have to survive. It's more of a survival game than cash. If I get two outed in a cash game, yeah, I'll reload. I got ships in my pocket. I'll reload. I can play on my skill edge. That's great. Tournaments are a little bit different. So when you sit down to a cash game, you're playing nine or 10 people max, right? When you sit down in a tournament, very often you're going to be playing 100 plus people, sometimes thousands of people. And when we look at that, if we're just talking, if it was just based on luck, you're talking, if you're playing in a hundred person tournament and it's just based on luck, then it's only one out of a hundred times that you're going to win that tournament. But in the argument's going to be that it's not a game of luck. It's a game of skill. Well, there's variance involved in it and that can be considered the luck factor by some. It doesn't matter. Here's the point. If you've got a 10% skill edge over the field, well, that means you get to win 1.1 times out of 100. <laughs> you know, you're still not even winning two out of 100 just because you got a 10% skill edge. What happens in tournaments is this. Tournaments are a little bit like playing the lottery. The only thing having a skill advantage does is it allows you to buy more lottery tickets because you're going to be making the right decisions at the right time. When we look at this, the best players in the world, they might be cashing a lot, but they're not winning a lot of tournaments. How many tournaments does some of the best players have to enter just so we hear about that one or two that they won? Certainly the prestige is there when you win big tournaments, but those players played in a lot of tournaments. The fact that you're playing in a lot of tournaments means there's a huge time investment involved in playing those tournaments. And that gets us to our fifth point, which is you can get up on a cash game anytime. Your spouse texts you, says you need to be home for dinner. Something's going on with the family. A friend needs something. Whatever the reason, you need to leave. You can leave. In a tournament, unless you want to forfeit your stack, you're pretty much stuck there until the break or until the end of the tournament. And one of my biggest detractors in playing tournaments is exactly this point. I don't know about the average listener, but my mental acuity starts to go downhill after about five hours. I'm paying a lot of attention at the table. 
I'm trying to profile my players. I'm trying to predict what actions they're going to take. I'm trying to range them. I'm using math, behavior, psychology, all that stuff. It's mentally draining. Even if I get up every half an hour to take a walk and come back, I'm slightly refreshed. But after five hours or so, my ability to make consistently good decisions diminishes drastically. Imagine playing eight hours of tournament day one, eight hours of tournament day two, eight hours of tournament day three. Really? How fresh are you going to be? That's where I have a trouble. That's where I have a big struggle with playing tournaments. And that's why I don't. That's one of the reasons I focus on cash mostly. But again, this isn't about me. We're laying all the considerations out there so the listener can figure out for themselves which they prefer. Right. This is literally the same as getting more for your money. We talked about earlier, more playing time for your money. This is really the same thing. You get more playing time for your money when you're playing tournaments, but this is the adverse effect in the sense that you have to be there unless you want to forfeit your entry, you know? So you have to be there for the time that it's playing. So that's the beauty of cash. You sit down when you want to, you get up when you want to. Sure, you can late reg for a tournament, but the reality is there's a certain time by which you have to be there. I can sit down to play cash whenever I have free time. So there's a lot of freedom in playing cash over tournaments. There's, there's no set time I have to be there. Here's the big one for me, right? Here in a minute, we're going to tell everybody why we play cash. And that's not to say that everybody should play cash. Number six is a big reason why I play cash. And that is, it's just more consistent way of making a living or side money. It's not life-changing money of tournaments, but you do get to realize the equity of your skill on a more consistent basis. And that's what I need. For people who are trying to pay the bills or are trying to make a consistent side hustle, cash is definitely going to be far more consistent. Neither of them, by the way, are consistent compared to your nine to five job. But compared to tournaments, cash is far more consistent if you have a skill advantage. Yeah, I would say I agree. That's another detractor. That's another reason why I don't play tournaments. Okay, so let's get to the reasons why we like them. I already mentioned the one. I don't want to spend eight hours playing a tournament. The absolute worst is if I'm at a tournament for six and a half hours and I bust on the bubble. I have nothing to show for it. If I bust after six hours of playing cash, at least I had a good time playing cash. I won some pots. I lost some pots. I had a good time. If I lose a tournament, that's just morally defeating. The defeat is so much more pronounced if I bust on the bubble than if I bust in a cash game. That's just for me. The other thing is the consistency with cash. I would rather bank on being able to make, on average, 10 to 15 big blinds, playing my 1-3 stakes, maybe playing 2-5, and I could actually more or less budget that into my future earnings. Again, my bankroll is separate, so I'm not mixing business and pleasure, but if I know I could get 10 to 15 big blinds per hour, playing awesome poker whenever I have time to get to the casino, I can play a two, three, four hour session, be fine. That's well within my threshold of mental acuity. That's what it is for me. That's why I play cash. How about you, Dell? Why do you play cash? I, I play cash because I want to maximize my skill advantage. I don't want to deal with the variance of tournaments on a daily basis trying to make a living. There are professional tournament poker players out there. Many of them are backed by people. It's hard to get the backing. And when you do get the backing, a lot of those professional tournament poker players spend a lot of time in makeup. I can honestly tell you that's not a comfortable place to be. I don't ever want to be there again. So I play cash because no matter what, 
even if my bankroll is busted, I can find a way to make a little extra money and go play poker and start over again. It's harder to do that with tournaments, and it's harder to do that when you're in makeup. I play cash because mostly, I'll be honest with you, it's just a safer way for me to make money. It's more consistent. It's safer. I get to maximize my skill advantage. When you're playing tournament poker, I'm going to say something that's a little bit sacrilege. There's always an argument over who's better, cash players or tournament players. And my argument is that the majority of tournament players are not as good as cash players. But the best tournament players are every bit as good as cash players. And some of them are better, especially in their own realm. I don't spend a lot of time on ICM study. So I don't want to do battle with the players that do. And I don't spend a lot of time playing short stack. So I don't want to do battle with the players that are skilled at that and have the knowledge of that. So there's so much that goes into tournament play that I haven't focused on that I haven't studied. So quite frankly, at this point, I don't want to put a lot of time into it. I would rather put more time into getting better as a cash player, which I do. So there's a lot of reasons, but those are the, the ones that are at the top of why I play cash. That all being said, absolutely. I think that there's a lot of good things about tournament poker, and I don't want to discourage anybody from playing tournament poker. I think it's I think it's very individual. If you're somebody who doesn't really have a bankroll, but you have a budget and you have maybe three, four hundred dollars, you can play poker a month and you want to put that towards a couple of small tournaments, by all means do that. You're going to be able to have a lot of fun. You're going to get to enjoy the game you love and it's not going to cost that much. I think that tournaments can be a less painful way to play poker. And it's certainly a good way for people who are new to the game to play because it's going to be harder for them to go broke playing tournaments for the reasons we've mentioned. You know, if you're playing tournament, you're going to, if you don't have a lot of money, you're going to buy in once, you're going to bust and you're going to go home. You're going to have gotten to enjoy some social atmosphere. You're going to get to have enjoyed some poker. You're going to get to work on your game of poker. So there's a lot to be said about tournaments. And like I said, there's a lot of times when the WSOP coming up, there are several events where it's not a lot. It's 500 here, 600 there that most people can come up with and play and play for life-changing money. So there's a lot of good things to say about tournaments. BJ and I are not saying that people shouldn't play pr tournaments. It's a choice and you don't have to just play one. BJ and I are both cash players and I have spent the last year trying to talk BJ into playing the tag team event at the WSOP and we'll see if that happens. So you can do both. You can be a cash game player and say, you know what, this tournament seems like it'd be fun or this tournament seems like the structure is really good and I'm going to give it a try and see if I have any advantage at it. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. You could do both. You, could, you have to choose where you want to spend your time. So you already mentioned some of the solutions. Understand your goals, know your bankroll. We laid out some of the pros and cons in tournament play and cash game and why we like cash. We prefer cash over tournaments. Again, not to say people shouldn't play tournaments. There are a couple tools I think we can give our audience to help them figure out where they should play. There are poker sites dedicated to cash games like School of Cards and Redship Poker. There are training sites that are dedicated to tournament play like their Tournament Edge. There are books on tournament play and cash game, like Jonathan Little has books on each, really. A tool specific for each of the listeners that I would encourage all of you to do is simply listen to this podcast again with a sheet of paper 
draw a line down the middle of pros and cons. And as we go through those six steps of why cash is different from tournaments, which reason resonates more strongly or less strongly with you? If we bring up a point about how cash game is superior than tournaments in this area, how important is that to you? If it's very important, then rate that highly. If it's not as important, rate that low. It could be a con, it could be a pro, but it could be a slight con or a slight pro or a huge con or a huge pro. When you take those cons and pros and you average them across all six criteria, you might see which lines are bigger. If you have a whole bunch of lines, both big and small, in the pro column, and they outweigh the lines in the con column, I think the choice is pretty clear. Focus on the one that has the biggest pros. And you might not realize that until you listen to this podcast again with that paper, do that exercise and figure out, oh, wait, you know what? Items one, two, and four really resonated strongly with me about why cash games kind of suck. And three, five, and six, they spoke really heavily about why I like tournaments. You know what? I'm going to focus on tournaments. And then once you have an idea of where you want to focus, talk to the people who are closest to you. Talk to the people who are important to you and get their assessment. Hey, spouse. Hey, children. Hey, best friends. I'm thinking about doing this. Do you think that's a good idea? Why or why not? Maybe they'll give you some perspective that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. Yeah, I think that that's a great tool. And and I'm always hoping people will listen to our podcast more. But I, I think that listening to it with an idea of doing that exercise and determining what they want to focus on is great. And I think it goes further than that. It, we mentioned Red Chip Poker and we mentioned the Tournament Poker Edge here. And both of them also have podcasts. So while I'd rather you listen to our podcast, you can also take a moment and listen to a couple episodes of each of their podcasts and see what resonates more with you. That's one more thing you can do. And uh, I don't think I have anything else. Well, great. I think we've covered this topic pretty well. So thanks for joining me, Dell. It's always a good time. Awesome. Always happy to be here. And until next <laughs> week, stick to the plan and may all your variants be positive. This has been The Blind Stealing the Blinds, a podcast by students of the game for students of the game. If you haven't already done so, consider subscribing. And when you're not counting your chips, take a moment to leave the guys a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get yours. Thank you.